Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ishwarya, your host for this episode, and I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Instagram at Desi Crime and follow us. Share us on your stories, leave us a comment, send us a text message. We love hearing from all of you. And thank you for any contributions you make in helping run this podcast. Today we're back yet again with your favorite segment our favorite segment the segment that gives all of us aryan and i included sleepless nights welcome to our segment where we share community stories stories written by you all about your terrifying experiences welcome to another episode of chai and chitti Shwara, my DMs are a barrage of bloody merry reels. <laughs> That's so funny. One of the stories actually mentions that today. Yeah, no, I'm I'm honestly surprised to find out that I'm not the only douchebag that conjures bloody merry. No, um, apparently not. Yeah, which is it's nice to have some, you know, bloody camaraderie going on. It's apparently nice. people like me who are actually scared for our lives and actually do believe a ghost will come and take us are in the minority, which is highly surprising. <laughs> um but yeah so back with another chai and chitti episode and shwara what story do you have for us today all right so let's get straight into it this email reads hi ishwara and aryan hope you're doing well i may not be a long time follower of your podcast since i stumbled upon you guys only in may but i've listened to every single one of the 89 stories that are uploaded so far so i guess that makes me an ardent one at least absolutely and new follower old follower we love you all the same and we appreciate you all just the same i want to share a deeply unsettling story that happened with me and my two friends from back in 2018 so here goes I'm also attaching a few pictures from my Instagram stories from that day of the stay for your viewing pleasure. So we'll upload all of these stories on Instagram. Yes, for all of you to see. The email continues. In September of 2018, my friends K, S, and I embarked on an adventurous trip to Nepal, filled with excitement and curiosity. That has to be a joke. K, S, I like the YouTuber. That's hilarious. I don't think it's meant to be. A joke. Okay. Well, yeah. That just took away from all the horror there was. <laughs> I being the person writing this email. Oh, so. oh, I thought that was that was an no, oh, my bad. No, no, no. My I thought that was an abbreviation. <laughs> okay, okay. That makes it better. Carry on. Our journey took us across Pokhara, Chitwan and finally Kathmandu. Our accommodation choices were strategic and unique from Zostel in Pokhara to Airbnb in Kathmandu, seeking an unforgettable experience. Little did we know that our decision to stay at a charming minimalistic bungalow in Kathmandu would lead us down a dark and mysterious path. As avid readers of Japanese fiction, we were captivated when we found an Airbnb listing that perfectly matched our tastes. 
The bungalow was serene and meticulously styled by a Japanese host with a passion for his home country's culture. Its minimalistic and chic interiors, complete with tatami mats and tiny cots, promised a unique and immersive experience. It was just what we were looking for. The timing couldn't have been more perfect. It was Kay's birthday and we wanted to celebrate in style. However, a twist of fate occurred when I mysteriously booked the wrong date for our stay. Panicked, I cancelled the booking, hoping for a solution. To our surprise, the host reached out and offered to reschedule the booking offline, promising a better deal. Eager to secure our dream birthday celebration, we accepted the offer, trusting the host's intentions. We made no payment, intended to settle the bill during our checkout after our stay. We arrived at the bungalow just 30 minutes post the check-in time at around 12.30. However, the host was absent upon our arrival, leaving us stranded outside the gate. Anxiety crept in as we waited for his arrival, questioning our decision to book online. After a perplexing delay of about another 30 minutes, he finally contacted us from what seemed like a local number and instructed us to meet him at a nearby cafe owned by his friend to collect the keys. Relieved yet slightly unsettled, we hmm. followed his instructions, hoping to lay our concerns to rest. Okay, kind of fishy, kind of unprofessional yeah. by the host. Aryan, you stay in a lot of Airbnbs. Yeah, yeah, I think Airbnb hosts are scarier than any ghost could ever be. <laughs> All right, good to know. The email continues. We met him at the cafe and with the keys in hand, we returned to the bungalow, determined to enjoy our stay despite the disconcerting start of it. The charm of the Japanese-inspired interiors initially captivated our attention, drawing us deeper into the bungalow's enigmatic aura. However, an air of mystery pervaded the atmosphere as we explored its rooms. Yes, we all have a little bit of Aryan in ourselves, remembering <laughs> Bloody Mary. Winky emoji. <laughs> when we saw a partially locked room, other than the one designated to us to stay in, curiosity got the better of us. We realized there was a weirdly ominous feeling about the room. Since we had just entered the room and there was plenty of sunlight seeping in, we didn't need to put the lights on. All the switches in the room were off, yet a wall fan creepily oscillated in our direction, its source of power inexplicable. Each time we moved about the room, the fan oscillated in our direction. If we stopped, the fan stopped too, and it went on till we finally decided to exit the room. We brushed this aside, thinking of it as a creepy electrical problem and laughed over it. By the way, a lot of ghost apparitions are creepy electrical problems. Well, that is true. Right? Electrical problems or seem to be just, the go-to. Or just normal electrical phenomena that we misconstrue as ghosts because we like to have nah, some kind of explanation. Aran. You'd be so fun to hang out with <laughs> <laughs> The email continues. The evening passed in a mix of excitement, celebration and subtle discomfort. It was Kay's birthday and we reveled in the joyous occasion, momentarily setting aside our unease. As the night wore on, exhaustion overcame us and we retired to our beds, hoping for a restful sleep. We chose to all crash in the same room, despite having different rooms to ourselves. Good move, I guess. Morning arrived. It was our checkout day and we ventured to the upper floor, still curious to explore every corner of the bungalow, take pictures for ourselves in aesthetic backgrounds. However, a nagging feeling lingered in the back of our minds. As we entered another room, what we encountered was nothing short of scary. 
a flimsy drawer case filled with really peculiar items, a collection of broken ceramics, neatly tied bunches of white hair, and an assortment of candles and kabuki dolls. Okay. <laughs> Fear began to seep into our souls and we hastily decided to descend the stairs only to notice something more sinister in the room. I'm sure none of those amenities like the dolls and the hair were mentioned on the Airbnb page. You know, oh you, you you usually walk into an Airbnb and there, there are extra things. Right. Like sometimes there is, you know, a can of beer or some bread and you, you're all excited as, you know, this is uh-huh. something free to get. Right. Um, I no, don't white hair is not response, that. I, yeah, white hair is not that. White and bread and ceramics. white hair are very different things. Illicit, very different. Very different white responses. wine, white hair, very different. <laughs> <laughs> Our attention shifted to an ancient fireplace that seemed to have been lit recently. The warmth at its gate could be easily felt. Its unique appearance intrigued us, but this promptly turned to trepidation when we flicked on the brighter lights. What met our eyes were clothes. Clothes belonging to different people. Men, women, and even children. Shoes, bags, etc. A chill ran down our spines and we decided to bolt out of the room downstairs. Determined to escape this unsettling atmosphere, we reached out to the host to expedite our checkout and make our payment. However, every attempt to contact him failed. Panic took hold as we frantically searched for assistance. Opposite the bungalow stood a government office. Desperate for answers, we approached the security guard stationed at the gate. The guard seemed sceptical as we asked about the bungalow, its history and the mysterious host. A perplexed expression crossed his face as he informed us that the bungalow had been abandoned for years, devoid of any residents. He questioned why we were so concerned about a place that held such a dark reputation. Bewildered and unnerved, we could only muster a feeble explanation, mentioning our booking through Airbnb. However, the guard dismissed our words as an elaborate prank and retreated into the consulate. His reaction left us spooked, questioning the reality of our experience in itself. We obviously rushed out with our bags quickly thereafter. On reaching the airport to put our minds at ease, we reached out to the cafe owner where we had met the host to inquire about his identity. To our shock, The cafe owner professed no knowledge of the individual, leaving us with a chilling realization. The man we had encountered held an enigmatic and elusive presence, a ghostly figure entwined in the web of our unsettling experience. As we hastily gathered our belongings, our minds raced with questions and unease. The bungalow's secrets, the host's disappearance and the inexplicable occurrences within its walls remained unsolved mysteries, forever etched in our minds. The boundaries between reality and the supernatural had blurred, leaving us forever marked by the haunting memories of our stay. Moreover, we resolved to leave a review on Airbnb, only to find the listing non-existent. No. Desperation gripped us further when the link I had shared with my friends on WhatsApp before booking led to an error page erasing any trace of the bungalow from our digital existence. The chilling realization dawned upon us. Our stay had immersed us in a nightmare trapped within the realm of something beyond comprehension. To this day, the haunting memories of the Japanese bungalow in Nepal linger, leaving us to wonder about the sinister secrets it held. 
Was it a place where a tragedy unfolded or a macabre creation of our own minds? The true nature of our experience remains shrouded. Haunted Airbnbs and disappearing hosts make for a perfect um, chaiyanchati story at this point. Perfect story, I agree. And the photos that this email has attached in it has a picture of the white hair. The person says it could possibly be white strings, but it's clearly an old, creepy-looking drawer with what looks like a chunk of white hair. In what there. other pics are there, Ishwara? So there are three pictures. One is that. Uh, the other is a picture of the fireplace. It looks. Terrifying, by the way, and okay. now I see what this person means by clearly Japanese-looking interiors. It looks beautiful, but it's so old. It's like dark wrought iron colors on a white wall. Hmm. It's scary. And then there's a third picture of another rickety old-looking drawer with the broken cutlery in there. So it's the three pictures, and the date stamp, the timestamp of when the story was uploaded was right there. It says 28 September 2018. So the timing is perfectly accurate. Very, very scary. It's always good when you guys send in evidence. You know, it just backs up um, absolutely your story. And speaking of evidence and backing up stories, we have a first of its kind Chaiyanchati story. We have a return, okay, a return writer, oh, um, nice. <laughs> whose stories might lack evidence because they seem made up, but they're just so good that I cannot help but share them. Do um, we know what was the first one they ever submitted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was keen on pointing it out because it was a good one. <laughs> okay. So the email reads, Hi, Aryan and Ashwarya. It's Fez again. Just in case you've forgotten, I'm a corporate employee, stand-up comic storyteller and blogger from Kolkata. Thank you again for sharing my previous story about the haunted mall in Chai and Chitina. Oh, that one Does was that ring a bell? so scary. It Absolutely. Was so scary. That one was Just, terrifying. It was one of those where as I was reading it, I had goosebumps. I had Even chills. though I had, I had chills, read it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Welcome back, Fez. I never expected the appreciation that encouraged me to write about another experience of mine. I hope you find this scarier than the previous one. This might be a bit long again. Sorry in advance. Nothing to say sorry about Fez. We enjoyed it last time as well. This happened in 2016 after I left my job at the mall. We know which mall you're talking about. Uh-huh. After I left my job at the mall and cracked my first corporate job. For obvious reasons I wouldn't name the organization but paranormal enthusiasts will get a hint when I say that it's in sector 5 Salt Lake and is listed among top 10 most haunted places in Kolkata. I read a lot about the place and heard people talk about it. Most of it was cliche about the premises being built up on a graveyard. Back then the premises had four towers. I used to work in Tower One, and he's right about the cliches of buildings built on graveyards. Because if you right. go back far enough in history, everything, everything is built on a graveyard. Yeah, people yeah. have died, elephants have died, dinosaurs have died. We don't get dinosaurs haunting our dreams, you know. So like, no. you know, that's not good enough to qualify as a haunted location. You need more than a graveyard. People used to narrate how Tower Four was haunted because no one stayed there after 10 p.m. So my friend and I managed to enter Tower Four one night. It was a 10 floor tower and we went on each one of the floors. The time was around 2:30 in the morning. The entire place was deserted. Unfortunately, there was nothing haunting about it. We walked around, used the bathroom and left. Later, we came to know that all the offices in tower 4 have no business requirements at night. That's why it was empty. Ghost rumors were started by the security team to avoid people from going there to do drugs or <laughs> make hilarious. out in the night. 
uh, yeah, making out and drugs are what haunt buildings more than ghosts. Um, <laughs> I asked around about the haunted story apart from Tower 4, but didn't find anything for a while. Right when I was about to believe that the whole haunted saga was a bluff, I saw something strange. Before that, I need to tell you that since joining the corporate industry, I have been a night shifter. My working hours always start in the evening after 7pm. Right now, they started at 11pm. It might sound a bit crazy to some, but very formal for me now. 9am to 6pm work will be crazy for me. So, on one such night shift while returning from a break to Tower 1, I saw some dogs barking in the direction of Tower 1. I went closer and found that they were just barking at an empty building. I looked at Tower 3 and there wasn't a single human around. The entire building looked dark and abandoned. Yet, the dogs kept barking. There were lights in some parts of the building, but it still didn't look good. Unlike Tower 4, Tower 3 looked eerie and it gave me the creeps. I saw lights flickering on the first floor through the window. For minutes, I stood there all alone looking at the building. I could feel chills running through my spine. At the same time, I was curious. I wanted to find out what was inside but felt it might not be a good idea. Another Aryan. <laughs> I wouldn't go inside the building, Ashwara. I yeah, would merely would. I would wave at the ghost from the outside. I, I still want to be, you know. I want to have fun, but be alive. Sure, right. Yeah. No way, I'm not brave enough to go into the building. <laughs> okay. Set aside everything, I'm just not brave enough. Um, <laughs> since I realized it wasn't a good idea, I left the place. I know something was off about Tower 3. Plus, no one ever seemed to mention it. I tried asking around, but everyone said they're not supposed to discuss these things, else their jobs could be at risk. Why do you want to know, they would ask. I need ideas for a haunted story I'm writing. That was my response. Yet, no one said anything. Finally, I had a breakthrough when I spoke to the tea vendor outside the premises. His stall was the oldest one there. Ashwara, it just so happens that I think the chaiwalas, the tea vendors, they seem to know the geography, history, culture of all the geometrical measurements of the place where they have set up their business. Chaiwalas in India are like embedded into our societal fabric. They are the especially, who's who of any time. They are yeah. the who's who, especially um, some Chaiwalas really are embedded <laughs> in our social fabric. <laughs> like, they are the social fabric. Um, but that's for no, a political you your, podcast. You can go to your Chaiwala for drugs. You can go to him for a hitman. You can go to him for like relationship advice. Chaiwala and, is you and you can go to, to him for and you can go to him for policies and <laughs> demonetization. There are many things no, you can literally. go to a Chaiwala for. Chaiwala's yeah, best yeah. people to talk about local politics. Local politics. I think you still haven't gotten the joke that I've been trying to make about the Chaiwala. But I'm sure most of the listeners are laughing because they what understood it. This? The OG Chaiwala. The Chaiwala of all Chaiwalas. <laughs> I can't believe it took you so long. I I... How can no? Did I'm you get sorry, it? guys. I did, did you get still it. I just it? think it was that. No, I got it. I just think it was that okay. funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, move it, move it along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madam Politik didn't get such an obvious joke. I got um, it. <laughs> so, according to the tea vendor, the actual Chaiwala. 
Construction workers uprooted a tree while constructing Tower 3. Later, they were told by the locals that it belonged to a witch. Quote, she could be causing the trouble. They don't leave so easily. End quote. That's all he knew. Finally, I was able to talk to one of my colleagues about Tower 3. She only spoke about it because it was her last day in the organization. She told me that she used to work in Tower 3 before being promoted. I shared the witch theory that the tea vendor had told me. Quote, I wasn't aware of the witch story before today, but crazy things happened at Tower 3. People would suddenly start bleeding from their nose while working. They never had any medical history causing the blood to gush out like that, she told me. We used to receive creepy calls late at night as if people were singing in chorus in a language that was unknown and the calls could never be traced during any of the audits. It's as if they did not exist, she added. I have never witnessed it or seen it happen, but I've heard stories of demonic possessions, sudden deaths and a pregnant woman suffering a miscarriage while working on the floor. Some people say they have seen her infant wander and disappear even during the day. Recently, an entire project that operated in Tower 3 ramped down, so it has been temporarily vacated. My colleague narrated the whole thing. Are people aware of it, I asked. Yes, they are, but they'll ignore everything and start working again once a new project arrives in the tower. I decided not to wander around Tower 3 anymore after I heard what my colleague had told me. As I previously said, don't disturb them, they won't disturb you. But somehow, it never got out of my mind. I always kept thinking about it and had a nagging urge to find out what was inside. About a week later, late in the night, I was all alone. All my friends had a day off and I kept strolling around the premises during the break. I tried to avoid the thought but in the end found myself standing in front of Tower 3. I kept looking at it. Should I do this? And I walked inside. The entire place was empty and smelled of paint. The lights were extremely dim. The silence was so deafening that I could even hear the flies around those lights. And the silence was frightening. This is the place where people have allegedly lost their lives and I was wandering here all alone. Dude, don't make it seem like you were forced into it. You're doing it voluntarily, you know. So don't 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 play the victim here. But Aran, you don't understand. There's a curiosity and then there's a fear, both of which coexist. Yeah, why do you think I conjure you Bloody Mary? Exactly. So you're not I get one it. to comment. We but I, I, but get I it. don't play victim. Fez, own it, you know. Oh, and people have lost their lives. No. I was wandering here all alone. Yeah. No. Because you I volunteered, Fez. I understand Fez's feelings. I understand. Okay, fine. You're on Team Fez. I'm also I'm on, on Team, team Fez. Fez. I'm on Team Fez. I chose a story a second time. Fez, I'm on your team. You know, that, it's not like I'm not on your team. I'm just giving <laughs> uh, editorial critique. Anyway, Fez, Fez says, I made my way to the first floor office where the infamous accidents took place. I just had to open the door to enter the haunted workplace. The thoughts going through my mind can be best described in the words of a comedian I've always admired, Anubhav Singh Bassi. My initial thought was, Kya hum kuch galat kar rahe hai? Then that changed to, Kya hi galat kar rahe hai? And finally I was like, Kya hi hota hai galat? Which roughly translates to, Am I doing something wrong? Am I actually doing something wrong? Hell, what even is doing something wrong? Suddenly, the light above me switched on. I took a step further and another one lit up. They used to oh have sensor God. lights on the floor, so 
they would power off automatically if there was no one walking under it for a long time and vice versa but when i moved forward the light did not power on this time i moved further ahead and realized that all the other lights were no longer turning on i could see the workstations and computers in the light that there was but there was no one there apart from me i walked the entire office i was already nervous and the air conditioning was so cold that it made me shiver suddenly i started hearing sounds it was as if someone was typing on the keyboard somewhere on one of the computers it could be a cat walking on the keyboard i thought as i turned the flashlight for a clearer view trying to follow where the sound came from i saw the computer but it was off and the keyboard was off too where nobody was there also there was no cat suddenly the sound started coming from the other end i followed it with my flashlight the sound stopped and there was no one the sound once again came from the place it initially came from now i thought somebody was playing tricks with me instead of going and checking i picked up a wireless mouse this time and threw it at the spot where the sound came from i waited and realized that the mouse did not fall on the ground because there was no noise suddenly in no time the mouse came back and hit me on my face oh my as if someone had caught the mouse and threw it right back at me now i felt proper shivers down my body this was enough paranormal discovery for me there was a presence here and maybe i disturbed it it did not cause any harm yet but it was communicating with me i would qualify being hit on the face with the mouse as with harm the mouse but as harm. Yes. but you could consider that communication if that's if you're if you're a more sort of you know if your love language is physical touch i get it <laughs> but oh i God. i can assure you that this qualifies as harm in my book yeah i hate to break it to you fairs but the ghost yeah. doesn't seem to like you yeah i walked towards the gate as soon as possible to leave the place i opened the gate and saw something that still gives me goosebumps i saw the light on the other end of the office suddenly lighting up by itself Whew, there was no one standing under it the light still turned on that scared the shit out of me i didn't wait for another second i opened the door and left as soon as i was out of the office i felt exhausted and weak and i wasn't even able to walk I sat on the stairs and started to sweat profusely. I even had tears in my eyes. I have no idea what was wrong with me, but I couldn't even move. I gathered all my strength to make a move, but I couldn't stand and felt as if something was holding me down, something heavy atop me, as if something was sitting on my back. But I managed to move out on all fours. I fell off two stairs but kept crawling and moving. Finally I reached the ground floor but was still on all fours. If somebody would have seen me it was like I was transitioning into a werewolf. By the time I came out of tower 3 my back was hurting so bad. I came out of the premises, took a water bottle, sat in a corner away from the crowd. I was breathing heavily. I didn't feel healthy and suddenly started bleeding from the nose. I washed myself, drank loads of water before going back to my tower. I was unable to work after that. I slept through the rest of my working hours and when my shift ended my father and uber driver had to carry me back home. I slept for 36 hours straight when I got back. I felt kind of better but I was still wearing the same clothes that I wore at work. My back still hurt and I didn't feel weak anymore. My mom told me that my face and lips had strangely turned pale blue when I came home and I had a severe fever. 
They did a lot of prayers and called a doctor who gave me an injection. Thankfully, everyone at home and work still thought that I was just ill. After about five days of rest, I returned to work. I continued working in the same organization for the next two and a half years until I resigned and moved to Hyderabad. After that night, for about a year, I would randomly see Tower 3 in my dreams and a little boy standing there. He just said, which translates to, She took me and now she is calling you. Sometimes I would see that kid trying to climb on my back while I was on all fours. Oh my god. The dream stopped but the back pain remains to this day. I'm still undergoing treatment. I made sure never to go to ghostly places on purpose ever again. Until 2021. But that story is for another day. Hope I spooked <laughs> you guys with this one too. Bye-bye. That is so scary. Fez, what are you doing? What about you is gravitating ghosts to you? And what in you is making you not give up? I'm impressed. If you are Fez's future employer, um, uh-huh. I think you can expect your building to be haunted if you hire him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Fez is going to haunted places. I think haunted things are coming to Fez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scary. All right, Ishwara, hit us with the last story of the day. All right. So this last story, actually, the email has a, a subject that I'm very impressed by. It says yeah, this will so definitely <laughs> be in your top five entity. I love the confidence. I love having a subject like that. It makes me excited for what I'm about to read. And this story did not disappoint. The email reads, Hi, Aran and Ashwarya. I'm writing to you all the way from Australia to tell you that I found your podcast through inquiring about a particular case on TikTok and it led me to you. It's so cool to find all of the ways that you guys find us. It's it's incredible. So tell us that. We love hearing it. I've been listening to your podcast for about a week and needless to say, I'm hooked. I have so many giant chitti horror stories to share with you, but we'll leave most of them for another time. Today, I want to talk to you about the one that still keeps me up at night and it fascinates me to the very core about so many unanswered questions of our universe, the spiritual world and dark magic. To give you a little bit of context, I'm Latina, born in South America, Ecuador. I think this is the first person, yeah, so cool, the first person of, I think, someone with no Indian heritage whatsoever. I'm assuming you don't have any Indian heritage to reach out to us with a Chai Chitti story, but you're definitely the first person born in South America to reach out to us with a story. So, welcome to the podcast. And One of thank your friends you your is story. Ecuadorian, right? Yes. So, I was going to say my bestest friend from college, Bernie, is actually Ecuadorian. He's Ecuadorian and Chilean. And so, I know so much about South American culture and music and yeah. So, good to have you. The email continues. These are my own statistics, but I promise you that 90% of the Latinos you encounter in your life have experienced or have had paranormal stories within their families. As most of us are Catholics and Christians, we believe in spirits. 54% of all statistics are made up anyway, so that's okay. Is that true? No, another joke that (laughs) just flew right past you. Just whoosh, just over your head. (laughs) This was one of your made-up statistics. I got you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What genius. Look at you. (laughs) Moving on from how stupid I'm sounding this entire episode. (laughs) The email continues. To tell you about myself, my name is Melanie. I was born and raised in Ecuador, but I moved to Australia when I was 10. I'm currently studying psychology and business and I'm working. 
Anyhow, this particular story is passed down from my own mum and grandma. This is a long story, so keep up with me. Let me take you back to the 80s in Ecuador of all places. My grandparents' house, Eddie and Grace. They lived in a middle to upper class society. My grandpa was a doctor and my grandma a stay-at-home mother. It's typical in South America for upper and middle class societies to have maids of lower class, especially those who are from the country, to cook, clean and run errands for the family. As Indians, we can all relate. The maids would even at times stay and live within the house, especially if they lived several hours away and would visit their families on weekends if they had one. My grandparents at the time had hired a young 19-year-old who was from the country. She was poor, looking for work and seeking accommodation. My grandparents saw her and happily hired her, giving her a small granny flat at the back of the house for her to stay in. At around this time, my mom was very young, around the age of seven, and she was one of five kids. The young girl worked for them and their whole family adored her. As time went on and they got to know her, my grandparents realized that this girl had a broken past. She had suffered greatly at such a young age. And me now, in 2023, remembering this poor girl's story makes me feel broken and sad for her. When she was younger, she had gotten abused, raped and her familial life was hard and difficult, especially since they were poor and from the country where money was scarce or non-existent. You had to fight to survive. One day, my grandmother recounts how the young girl came up to her and told her that most nights she could not sleep. My grandmother persists, asking why. She swore they never made noise and by 9pm the whole house would be quiet. The young girl looked at her and opened herself up to my grandma, telling her that she could see things. Most nights, she told her that she would be sitting on the bed of the granny flat. By the way, just to explain to you, a granny flat was more like one room with a 4x4 bed beside a table, small, barely there kitchen and bathroom right behind the house in the backyard. When she would be sitting on this bed, she would see an elf appear from the wooden floorboards of the room and laugh at her. But it was not a cute laugh, more like an evil, sinister laugh that would make her want to curl up and never come out. I don't think an elf laugh can ever be cute. I was going to say the thought of an elf creeping up to me while I'm sitting on my bed late at night. The elf could laugh cutely, I would still have a heart attack. I don't think there's any configuration where an elf appears in my life and I would go, that's cute. I completely agree. Unless Unless it's Dobby, but Dobby wasn't an elf. No, Dobby A gross secondly what leprechaun in ireland in the con that i i might i might find that cute depending on how many guinnesses i've had but i can't get over the fact that you just called dobby gross i dobby is gross we're gonna have to move on from this dobby is gross we need comments on this guys no we don't dobby is gross continue The email continues. She said he would stare at her and just smile at her as if he was mocking her. She hated it and was at times really scared. Now remember the elf. My grandma, who was religious, tried to encourage her that everything was going to be alright. She had them, they were her family and she had nothing to worry about. The girl then told her that she had no hope for herself and that she was doomed. Doomed? When I heard this, I was confused. How can you be doomed? How can you know your life is doomed? No one knows their own future. Well, apparently, some people can. 
This girl explains to my grandmother that when she was 8 years old, she had an occurrence where she was told that she was going to suffer all her life and die by the age of 24. My grandma was shocked, but the look in the girl's eyes was as if she had accepted her fate. She started by telling my grandma that when she was young, living in the country, she remembers her grandmother grabbing her in the mornings and going out in the fields. I don't know, but whenever I hear the story, I imagine it as a meadow, but eerie and somewhat creepy. She says she was about seven or eight at the time and she would remember holding her grandma's hand as if she was forced to accompany her far out, where this man would appear on a horse wearing all black. She doesn't remember much of the interactions, but when my mom and grandmom told me this story, they mentioned that black magic was practiced in a lot of these parts of the country because people didn't have a means to earn money. And it's likely that the reason that the grandma was dragging such a young girl like her out with her was that the presence of a young, innocent soul would protect her against him or whatever it was mm. that the grandma was doing. This honestly is enough to spook me out. But this is not all. One day, her 10-year-old self was burning water in a pot when it all spilled on her, burning all her legs and body. She was absolutely in need of physical surgery or any kind of help to aid the burns. Because, again, they were poor, they couldn't afford a hospital, so they asked around their community. The story goes that this young girl's uncle ended up hearing about someone who could help her and took this 10-year-old girl who couldn't even walk, got her in a bus and took her to a remote part of the country, even further into the countryside. They rode the bus for a couple of hours until they made a stop. This is where it gets interesting. A man awaits outside the bus for her arrival. The uncle passes him the girl and this is where the uncle couldn't come any further. The man takes the girl and takes her to an unknown location. Now, remember the facts. Poor, no means of much financial aid, yeah. so no education. So everything I'm about to tell you comes from the mouth of someone who has had no education at all, which means someone with absolutely no knowledge of life and little technology that they had back then, mm -hmm. which I assume was the 60s or 70s. Due to this, I'm inclined to believe everything she says, as how could she lie if she didn't know much? She remembers the man, tall, almost seven feet, pale white skin, blonde, almost white hair, wearing a white robe-like cloth. She said she felt a calming sensation as he took her. They arrived to this place that was nothing like you would ever think or have heard of, but the place was all white, buildings as tall as you could think. I imagine some sort of rock-like walls. She says he took her to a room where there was a bed and nothing else. He laid her on it, and she said she felt like she was dying. He left and soon came back with plants, what looked like natural remedies. He covered her legs and body, which were full of sores and half-toned skin, with a sort of paste, and then put covers on her body with long leaves. She soon fell unconscious. When she woke up, they told her she had been out for a couple of days. She looked at her body and it was miraculously healed and there was no burns inside. In fact, it appeared as if she had never been burnt at all. Soon, the man entered the room. He starts talking to her and this is where I say I know you will not believe me. So, as the man sits down next to her, he says to her, My poor child, how much you have suffered. 
she recounts how the man tapped her temple her head and sort of projected his hand in front of her as if dragging something out of her mind she says it was as if he dragged her memories out of her head and placed them right in front of them to watch she could physically watch her own life he then tells her how she'll continue to suffer and lead a hard life and die at 24 Side note if you've done research on extraterrestrial beings doesn't her description describe some of the beings that people in the century talk about it's absolutely mind blowing but of course this is entirely another topic now back to the present day as her 19 year old self she would stay at the house but at times during the weekends she would go back to the country to visit her own family one of these times she met a man and she got pregnant my grandparents asked who was that man but she had no answer My grandparents accepted this nonetheless and welcomed the baby with open arms treating him like one of their own. The girl loved her son with all her might but she also did in fact succumb to the apparent sufferings she was told she was going to live through and would leave her son with my mum and her family. Eventually the girl ended up getting a type of cancer and she did in fact die at the age of 24. She died when her baby was 4 years old. My grandparents already so clung on to her and her baby ended up adopting him as one of their own. He is now in fact my uncle Marcos. Now my uncle Marcos ended up growing up and once he was around 10 to 11 he started to say in the same granny flat by himself as that became his own space. One day he ended up telling my grandma that he started to see an elf creep up from the floorboards of the oh house God, and laugh at him. Remember I told you remember the elf my grandma looked at him in disbelief how can a little boy be saying such a thing his mother never had a chance to tell him that story how could he possibly know that this exact same thing was what his own mother saw this couldn't be but it was you see she had passed down her abilities to him whether you see it as a curse or not although it's definitely haunting he could see spirits but they want the good ones now i don't know a lot about my uncle's life story as i ended up moving to australia but recently when i went back in 2018 i had an opportunity to see him however i was not able to go to his house and ended up missing the gathering but to be honest a part of me is glad i did i am what you would call a very sensitive person sensitive to other beings as i can see energies so the next part i'm about to share with you the last part is what i heard of the experience When my mom gathered with him and his family, his wife and two kids, he seemed daunted. My mom asked him what was wrong. He didn't want to talk about this side of his life. He seemed like he hated it. Eventually the night progressed and he told her how when a big earthquake had hit Ecuador, if I'm not wrong in 2014 or 15, the city was in chaos. Everyone came out and would see houses collapsing and people dying. But my uncle Marcos saw more than that no he started seeing demons come up from underneath the ground as if they came up from the cracks and were laughing at all the people suffering he saw the upside down world stranger things reference lol if that in itself doesn't send shivers down your spine he also ended up telling my mom that every day he was bothered not by spirits but demons taunting him whispering in his ears to do heinous things and acts like murder and rob people he was taunted day and night ashwarya 
again, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but this sounds a lot like schizophrenia. And many examples of schizophrenia and people who uh, suffer from this do revolve around, you know, demonic presence around whispering things, prodding you to engage in violent behavior. And it sound, it generally sounds more that than a supernatural phenomena. No, I agree. It absolutely does. The only part that, if is accurate, would discredit that is the fact where he saw the exact same demonic elf as his mother did. His mother who died when he was just four years old. Right. That's my only terrifying. explanation, my my only rational explanation for that would be a. Um, things mental illnesses like schizophrenia have a genetic element involved in it so but the same, that might explain but the that same the same thing i i right. think that can be a little of um, there might be an elf statue or one of those lawn gnomes in the house that might lead to might have led to it might, he might have heard of it maybe maybe it is supernatural but it just seems to me uh, a lot I like know. schizophrenia I no i understand the email continues they would not leave him alone he then realized how to keep them at bay since they don't leave his side. He in turn tells them what to do in order for them to lose power over trying to control him. He has tried to dominate and be the one in control amongst the ones lurking beside him and in his house. He has grown up to have the power over them. And that was the reason he was able to be at the gathering in the first place. That by far is the scariest thing I have ever heard in my life. That is what keeps me up at night. I hope you liked this story. Thank you so much, Melanie. As if I needed another reason to visit South America, now I have <laughs> two more. There's good old Aryan back. Good old Bloody Mary bestie. Yeah, and I hope Ashwara regains her sense of humor for the next episode. Yes, yes, let us cross our fingers. <laughs> but until then, um, stay safe from weird little elves popping up in your backyard. Elves, scary buildings, all sorts scary of buildings, demons discussed sort of in this episode today. Stay safe, stay crazy, and stay desi. Thank you.